Welcome to Amplify Your Soul, Episode 2. I'm Jen. And I'm Juliet. And welcome. And today, we're here to talk more about mediumship and our personal experiences and journeys along the way. And at the end, stay tuned for another message from our spirit team that hopefully answers some questions about mediumship. So, Juliet, why don't you share what your first experience was with mediumship? So my first experience was unusual. My grandpa, uh, my dad's dad, passed away. And I wasn't very close to him, but we ended up uh, burying his uh, ashes in the uh, San Francisco Bay area. And so when I got back home that night, I sensed him and I was scared. And I told my dad and my dad said, uh, well, did you wrap yourself in white light? I said, no. Uh, and, and to, to, uh, preface this, he believes in all this spiritual stuff. So I didn't at the time, but he did. So, uh, and so the next night I sensed him again and I'm frightened. I mean, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. I'm sensing his energy coming through. And when I uh, sensed him again, I told my dad the next day, I said, I sensed him again. What do I do? He said, well, which way did you wrap the white light around yourself? And I said, I don't know. He said, make sure you wrap yourself around clockwise. Now, today, I'm just going to say that was nonsense. <laughs> you, as long as you set the intention to wrap yourself in God's white light, um, and that's part of sending your boundaries that we'll talk about later. But uh, that was my first experience. He was still there. He, he, he was there probably about, I didn't see him. I just felt him. And he was there probably about three days. And then he went away. So that was the first experience. And then a few days before my mom died, I felt her energy and I didn't even know what it was. I, it was in the middle of the night and I woke up my husband, actually. I said, I felt my mom and I don't know what's going on, but I felt like her energy was right on top of me as I was sleeping. So uh, then she passed away and that's another story. But those were my two introductions into mediumship. I kind of put that to the side. Uh, not believing in all the other side. I mean, I be believe in heaven, that they went to heaven and things like that. I didn't know what heaven was actually, but I just felt that they were somewhere on the other side. What about you, Jen? When I was little, I used to see spirits in oh. the house I grew up in. And primarily I would look out my downstairs onto this hill in the backyard. And we had um, the shed and next to the shed, there was always this little boy, a little girl, like a brother and sister and their dog spirit. And they would just be sitting on the hill and I didn't think much of it. They didn't scare me. I wasn't frightened or anything. And then the next experience I had, um, there was a gentleman figure standing in my doorway in the middle of the night when I was around eight or nine years old. And he was wearing a members only jacket, which was like a oh. classic eighties <laughs> jacket. Yes, and, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And he had tan pants and I was, um, I was a little frightened of that, that spirit at the time. I have since come to learn he's one of my spirit guides. Wow. And so he was there to help me. That I realized about six months ago. It like all of a sudden dawned on me that he's one of my spirit guides. Um, so then I like just shut it all down, didn't think about it, went about growing up, what have you, got married, had kids, went about my life for decades until the spiritual awakening when we moved into the house we're currently at. And that's when I started seeing the Victorian era spirit and 
the two of them, the mom and her teenage son. I never wanted to communicate with them. I was too afraid to communicate with them. And I happened to be talking to someone and they, they were talking about meditation as a way to learn how to protect yourself and to get yourself into a, um, a good frame of mind for connecting. So that's what we could jump into next, which is how do you set yourself up for connecting and what are the steps you take beforehand? So let's start with boundaries. What, what do you do? Sure, Jen, but before, sure, Jen, before we go into boundaries, though, I, I want to ask you a question because I wasn't clear on your story. So on, on the two spirits that you saw, you weren't afraid of them. You just didn't want to talk to them. They're in the current house that you are living in now. You sensed them when you first moved in? I started sensing them shortly after I moved in. And then I would tell people, I would say, yeah, I have spirits in my house. This is before my spiritual awakening that I call my spiritual awakening because I was like, everyone can see spirits or people talk about, oh yeah, I saw a spirit or what have you. So I didn't really do anything with it, but I would tell friends and family, we have spirits in our house and they would always appear at the foot of my bed together and just be there. And they showed up every four or five months. And it wasn't until January 2022 that I was ready to find out what to do with them. During and, your spiritual awakening. Right. And so I met with a psychic medium. Hang on. And, let, me, let me pause just yeah. for a second, if you don't mind. Is your house like a hundred-year-old house? Is, no. is it So My house was built in the 80s. So that's interesting because, and, and we'll please, you know, t tell more of your story, but to see a Victorian figure in a house that was built in the 1980s, uh, that, that intrigues me even more. Right. So that's why I was like, huh, what's the history of our neighborhood? And I did some research and I'm in the San Francisco Bay area, which I know that's where you grew up. And there wasn't anything besides farming. So where we were was farming and there wasn't anything significant like this family lived here and it was this family with a uh, teenage son. Like I couldn't find any historic figure to tie to the land. And so when I met with the psychic medium, um, I was very afraid to ask her about the spirits. So she gave me a psychic reading. And mind you, this was probably my second psychic reading my whole life. So it's not something I've done much over the years. After your spiritual it. awakening, you did the psychic reading? No, it was at the time of my spiritual awakening. The time so of I, your spiritual I, awakening. Okay. I credit this psychic medium with the timing of my spiritual awakening. Perfect. In meeting with her, and she gave me like a psychic reading. I told her I didn't want a medium reading. Cause I still wasn't ready to talk to the other side or hear from the other side. And then at the very end of the psychic reading, I said to her, do you see what I see? And she's like, what are you talking about? Cause it was kind of out of the blue. Well, do you see what I see? And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, the spirits. <laughs> and she's like, hold on. And then she's like, are you talking about spirits that you see? And I said, yeah. And I said, I see some spirits in my house. And she said, okay, hold on. Then she's like, there's a Victorian dressed woman and her young son with her. And they come to visit you, but they're tied to the land. And I'm like, 
okay. So the minute she described them to me, I gave her no info, but they were being spirits. And here she is saying, you have a Victorian dressed woman and her son. Okay, so long story short, she basically says, do you want to let them go? Or I don't remember the exact words, but basically she's like, we can let them go. And I said, okay, sure. So she said, just think in your head, thank them for coming, thank them for being here, thank them for protecting the land and tell them they're no longer needed and that they can leave. And she said, I'll do the same thing on my end. And so then she did hers in silence. I did mine in silence. They've never come back. And this has been almost two years. And I was seeing them every three or four months or so. So while my house was built in the 80s, they somehow were connected to the land and they were somehow protecting the land. And they were peaceful spirits. Like they never did anything. It was like they were standing guard now that I look at it in retrospect. And do you know if they had like crossed over or are they just still here or? I believe they crossed over. And that's in large part because of what I've come to learn in terms of helping people cross over, which we could get into another episode. But as part of my medium gifts, as you know, because you and I have talked about this, I can help people who are earthbound souls or stuck here to transition. Amazing. Amazing. So what happened after that incident? Um, that's when I was like, why aren't I? She, she said to me, did you talk to them? And I'm like, no, I'm too afraid to talk to them. And then she basically said, you need to work on getting comfortable and setting your boundaries. And so then that's when I started taking this meditation class that was focused on spiritual meditation to learn how to set my boundaries. And through the meditation classes, which lasted approximately six months in total, because there were three steps and it was like once a week for a couple of hours. So it wasn't like I was meditating every day in this class. But that is how I learned to overcome my fear and by setting my boundaries and having control over my own spiritual energy. That's where I became comfortable enough to then sign up for the mediumship class. So how did you go from your spiritual awakening to, okay, I'm going to talk to spirit? Yeah, so I still didn't want to talk to spirit, but uh, I you might, again, we talked about curiosity in the first video. I said, okay, what, you know, we're all energy. I came to understand that some mediums, uh, some mediums like to use the word people. And in our class, we know that people is preferred because they are people. They were people here. Um, and even here though, we're energy. So I came from that standpoint. Uh, but once I got into the space, uh, I first started channeling before I did mediumship. And if those We'll talk about mediumship and our channeling in a different episode. But right now, since we're talking about mediumship, uh, it came around to understanding everything's energy. And if I could connect with others and guides on the other side, how does uh, mediumship play into that to, to heal people who have lost others? Uh, that's what I really was called to do. So I decided to sign up with a guy here that's a uh, local was holding an online class for mediumship, very beginner. And that's how I got started. 
uh, a few months later after that class, uh, I already had some major gifts at that time that I didn't realize. Deep inside, I always knew it was there. Once I had my spiritual awakening, I always knew it was there. And I'm sure for a lot of you out there, you will know that it is in you. You'll feel it, that you can connect. You just need the tools to connect. And you're talking about the tools to connect. And that brings me to how is it that you can position yourself to connect? And we'll talk about it later in other episodes, but it really is working on yourself, centering yourself, clearing your mind, so then you can connect and um, setting your boundaries before you actually make the connection. Yeah, let's talk about boundaries. Before I decided to start mediumship, I knew that I had to do a lot of energy work and clearing for myself and in my space. So the clearing part uh, was basically, I, you know, surround, ground, and shield, right? We learned that from, uh, there's a healer called Pat Longo, which I, talked to, which I talked about in the first video, who led me to my spiritual awakening. And she talks about in her book, um, Surround, Ground, and Shield. So I think that's very important before we start mediumship and connecting to the other side. So did you want to go into that? Going to the surround. It's like what your father was teaching you when you were 15. You were surrounding yourself in either God's white light, as you like to say. I like to, you know, call universe or source or infinite intelligence, but you're surrounding yourself in the positive source light. And right. Yeah. Grounding. Because, yeah. Absolutely. What is grounding? Yeah. So first I want to talk about the white light because when my dad said, you know, wrap yourself in white light. I had no idea what he was talking about. I didn't even have the concept of, you know, that's God's white light. That's, you know, what, what is the white light? He just said white light. I left the conversation of that wrap myself. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And there was a lot more I should have done at that point if I didn't want to hear from my grandfather because I felt nervous or scared. Um, but yes, wrapping yourself in, in a um, God's white light, right? Entities or energies that walk in God's white light. And I always say at the end, uh, it sounds really uh, wonky at first when I first started the spiritual journey. Now I'm just used to it. I, I say per I am. Because to me, is I'm the one that's surrounding and I'm setting the intention of surrounding myself in God's white light. And it's me that has the power. I'm taking back my own power by surrounding myself in God's white light. Um, the grounding is just imagining. Wait, uh, hold on one second. Okay. I'm being um, called, as we say, to talk about, well, what are you surrounding? Your, what are you surrounding? So we haven't really talked about your aura or your energy field and how all of us have our own energy system. We've mentioned the chakras before. You might have heard the chakras. But basically, it's your org field that you are surrounding with the universal or God's white light. Perfect. Totally agree. Surrounding, I'm surrounding my aura, my home, whatever resonates with you. Um, I'm, and then I'm surrounding myself in God's white light, surrounding my family in God's white light, per I am, meaning you're taking your power. And that's part of the boundary. Uh, and then grounding yourself, imagining uh, lightning bolts from the tips of your feet, each of your feet and your and your root chakra, which is at the bottom <laughs> and going into uh, Mother Earth and grounding yourself, branching out like tree branches into Mother Earth. I always thank Mother Earth for accepting my, for accepting my soul. And uh, so that's the grounding part for me. How do you ground? 
When I first learned to ground, it was basically taking your root chakra, which is at the base of your spine, and connecting it to the center of the earth in whatever way you imagine, whether it was a rope, it was a vine, it was a beam of light, it could be anything that connected yourself. I have since moved on to grounding my feet chakras as well to the center of the earth. So I now imagine myself, uh, and a lot of times I'm using vines these days, you use whatever works for you and you change over time and you swap it out. Like you could change your grounding cords all the time as a way of keeping your energy clear and setting new grounding. Um, so these days I just imagine myself, my feet and my root chakra grounded together in the center of the earth. And that's perfect. What, um, what I learned along the way is the reason you want to ground yourself is that you are grounding your energy into your body down to mother earth so that you can actually have a stronger connection to the spirit world because you need to secure yourself, anchor yourself into your, anchor your spirit into your body and connected to the earth. Yes. Well, thank you for saying that because um, I've, just read that I should ground myself and I did it. I don't remember exactly why it felt great and I did it. So I did it. Uh, so thank you for saying that. Also wanted to know for those, if you, if, if you feel like I can't think of all that, just imagine a white light coming down from the heavens above. Really, it's all about intentions, encompassing your whole body. God's white light encompassing your whole body from the heavens above down into mother below. Boom. One second thought and you're done. Exactly. And thank you for sharing that. We've talked about, oh, you could do this. You could do that. It doesn't need to take a lot of time. And that's like with Pat Longo, with her surround, ground, and shield. Once you do it, all you need to really say is surround, ground, and shield, and you've carried out the intention. It's the intention. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we don't yeah. want to scare anyone off with this ritual. You have to like send 10 It's a 25-minute ritual every day yeah. that you have to go through in order to do mediumship. <laughs> In Not the beginning, you might, though, um, and we'll talk about that as well uh, in, in a minute, uh, but the shield part, yes, shielding ourselves, which is really important because we don't, although uh, connecting to the other side can be, uh, can it, it does take energy. We're not going to say it doesn't take energy. It does take energy. So you need to make sure that you ground yourself or not, excuse me, not ground yourself, but shield yourself from outside influence that may take away your, your beautiful positive light for the day. Say somebody cut you off in traffic or or you got into a, a disgruntled, let's say you had a, an issue at work or something like that, and, and you're not in the best mood. Well, you know, you can shield yourself in the morning to put you in the in your in a great mood. And then when uh, right before you want to connect, whatever time that is during the day, you can go ahead and uh, clear your your chakras, so to speak, and uh, ground your surround ground and shield yourself again and get in that right. state. Exactly. And what I learned initially, and I've moved on to more of this round ground and shield because it's so quick, but initially I learned where you just center yourself in your head and you imagine like a golden ball of light and you push out all the thoughts and that you're just centered in your head and nothing's there. And then you ground yourself to mother earth from your root chakra. And then you imagine your energy field and you put whatever color, like certainty blue was one I used a lot. Um, and then you would anchor yourself in your aura from your crown chakra to the top of the aura, like lines coming up and then to the bottom. And then you put a rose outside to protect any energies from coming to bother you, so to speak. So um, that's just another way. And that's how I started. 
And that was like five steps. And then as you move on, you're like, I don't need all those five steps. You do what you makes you feel safe. Some yes. people don't even protect themselves. They go through no steps. Right. And then we learn intention is so important with everything. So whatever works for you, setting the intention with a quick thought, that, that can be it. Exactly. So once you feel secure and set and grounded, um, and it's a way of living your life too, though, going about your day, like you were saying, if you surround ground and shield, you are protecting your energy throughout the day and you have more control over what is coming in and what you're putting out. So that's overall kind of energy tips that we use for mediumship. But what would you say is the next step? Okay, I'm going to go connect right now. What do you do? Well, so here's where I talk about, you know, does it take 25 minutes? Well, yes, in the beginning, I felt like, oh, I have to meditate for 15 minutes. And I have to clear my energy, transmute all my negative negativity for the day and transmute it into something positive. You know, as you go through this spiritual awakening and you read all these books, or you watch all these videos, you, you see all you, you get all these tips and tricks and you do them right. And uh, oh, my God, I'm going to connect to the other for me. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to connect to the other side. I've got to be in the right mindset. Uh, and, and then as it developed more and more, uh, I, I did not have to spend as much time. Could I? Would it probably help since I'm beginning? Yes. But do I? Not necessarily. But I always uh, ask to have um, entities that come or people that come that walk in God's white light. I do that before any practice that I do because I think that's really important. And what I've done, I don't say the same thing, but I just basically say, um, you know, may this connection be in love, light, peace, and positivity. And I put that intention. So it goes back to setting your intentions and doing what works for you uh, in doing so. And so how is it that you're able to connect? I've learned it's called sitting in your power from certain people. Other people don't necessarily say they're sitting in their power. How would you describe sitting in your power? So I didn't take the first class that you took. Um, you know, we met in the second series of classes and they did go over sitting in your power. For me, that was more about, um, it was a more of a meditative state for me as they described it. But before my, but before I actually do a reading, I don't necessarily sit in my power uh, or how I would translate that is, is you are connected to everything. So you can have those messages. Don't let doubt, fear, lack, limitation, all those things we learn on our spiritual journey come up. Don't let those things interfere with you connecting to the other side. You can do it. Does it need practice? Absolutely. So if you're not connecting the first, sixth, tenth time, it's okay. You just keep practicing. And there's so many tools and the tools are different for everyone. So sitting in your power, I think is a great tool. But it, again, it's the mindset and the intention of doing what you're doing to clear the blockages that you have in connecting, right? Because as we're looking to connect on the to other people, I think we do some work on ourselves as well. I think it's, it's just a natural progression, right? Uh, because the message is that we, if we just want to connect to our, our husband that's passed away, that connection, once we're connected, brings healing to us. And we're healing as well as they're healing, being able to contact us. So um, 
yes, sitting in your power is a wonderful way to connect right before you try to do so. Um, for me, just setting the intention that, look, I can connect with everyone. I hope them. And do I have doubts? Absolutely. I'm like, I, I hope I can do this. I hope I can connect. I want to hear things easily. I want to feel things easily. Let this be easy. Is it easy? No. <laughs> for me, it's not. If you're a natural born medium, congratulations. It takes work and practice just like everyone else uh, to connect to, to the uh, people that you want to connect with. So for, in the beginning, connecting to my mom was a little choppy. I, the relationship with my mom is complicated, so I don't always want to connect to her 24-7, but I can connect to her when I want to, and I do sense her coming around at times. Um, but connecting to other people's uh, loved ones is, a, is, is more challenging, to say the least. So it does take more practice, sitting in your power, knowing that you connect, setting that intention, and go from there. That's what I say. Well, for me, sitting in your power is important because it's about opening yourself up or purposely opening yourself up for connection and then purposely shutting yourself afterwards so that, and by shutting yourself, I'm talking about your energy field and your chakras. And for me, sitting in the power is when like, okay, I'm going to purposely connect because it's very hard to function in our world and have a job if you're constantly open and you're constantly receiving. So sitting in your power is important for me to open myself up and then, like I said, shut myself down. So for sitting in the power, I imagine running the earth energy up and it ignites my chakras and pushes out each chakra, out past my energy field. So like my root chakra is pushed out and then the sacral and the solar plexus and the heart and the throat and the third eye and the crown are pushed out to meet the spirit world. It doesn't take long. It's like this. Just imagine it like going out. But it's important for me because that's where I um, say, okay, I want to talk to you right now. I'm ready to receive messages. And then when I'm done, I imagine, and this is what we uh, I learned from one of our mentors, I imagine closing each chakra. And I feel... When I am sitting in my power and I'm opening myself up, I feel my energy vibration increasing and going out. And then when I close, I feel it all come back in. That's amazing. That's amazing what you just described. I, I don't do that. Maybe I should. <laughs> um, you know, but it's all an, again, for me, it's just intention. I say, thank you for coming. I'm going to go finish the rest of my day now, so to speak, or whatever I'm doing, I'm going to, uh, we're finished here. Thank you so much for coming. And I imagine them leaving and in that thought, and then, you know, automatically I'm closed down with that. If I want to open myself back up, then I will do so at another time. You know, I, I just say these things to myself and talk to myself <laughs> and that's how well, I, that's how I do it. So yeah, but the way you said it, the chakras and opening up your chakras, that sounded so beautiful. And I think for anybody who wants to experience that, that's amazing. This is the whole purpose of our podcast, though, is to show what works for some people and how other how people do things differently. And there's no one size fits all in spirituality. Absolutely. Or spiritual Absolutely. I love that. There's no one size fits all. And people, as you begin on this journey, you're thinking there's got to be one way. And there are probably a thousand different ways or more of interpreting information and what you do with that information. Right. And how you evolve over time. 
Like I've exactly. already talked about how I protect myself differently. And I've only been at this for over a year and a half. So, yeah, you know, a lot of us are leveling up, Jen. A lot of us are leveling <laughs> up and we're leveling up quickly. So if you're one of those people that are leveling up quickly, thank you for joining our show. We, we are with you on this. We support you 100%. We understand. And you intuitively know what works for you, what feels right, and what you need to do. So there are times when I take on other people's practices and if it doesn't work for me, like, I'm like, I don't need that. Like, it's not, it's not adding anything. So it's fascinating. It really is fascinating how people talk all sorts of different ways of doing it. And it really is so individual. Even though we're all one and connected, it's still what's got to work with your human body and your soul. There are people out there that really don't provide what you need to develop your skills in the way that resonates with you. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I want to make sure we're clear about that in our developing our mediumship skills. A hundred percent. And there are, I'm just going to say it, phonies out there. There are people who are taking advantage of others who have gone through a loss or experiencing uh, a negative period in their life and they're seeking spiritual help from a psychic or from a medium. And while everyone can develop psychic or medium gifts, that doesn't mean everyone that you're meeting with has done that or has done so in an ethical way. So you have to have what Juliet is talking about to me is having your like internal radar. Like when you meet someone in a crowd, a lot of times you can tell whether that person seems a little shifty or not. It's the same thing with psychic mediums or whoever it is. Like don't, just because there's someone who is teaching or is a leader, that doesn't mean you have to automatically give them your trust or automatically, hey, they must know what they're doing. If it doesn't feel right to you, it's the reason it doesn't feel right to you. Again, if somebody makes you fearful or less than in any way, shape or form, or you're not doing something right because you're trying to connect and, and, and uh, you don't feel like you're in a safe place, just because they might have the gift and you see them having the gift, don't doubt that you can't have a get the gift. That person is not right and suited for you to teach you the skills that you want to learn to develop mediumship. Absolutely. And then just one more caveat before we move on, or not necessarily a caveat, but something I'd like to point out. And that is sometimes you'll pay for a professional reading for a medium to connect with your loved, time, loved ones. And sometimes there's just not the fit. The medium can be super talented, but there's not the fit with their clairs, which we'll get into, or their way of connecting and your loved one's way of communicating. So there are times where it just doesn't work. Like the conversation's just not working. And that's not because the medium doesn't have the gifts. It's just you're not the right fit. And a lot of times ethical mediums will be like, hey, it's just not working here. I'm not the right person for your loved one. Someone else can help you. And it's just not me. So let's talk just a little bit about the clairs. There are four more main clairs. Clairvoyance, which is seeing in your mind's eye. Clairaudience, which is hearing messages. Clairsentience, which is feeling, for example, feeling um, how someone passed. Um, and then there is claircognizance, which is knowing, just automatically knowing. And yes. people have strengths in certain clairs over other clairs. What are your strengths, Juliet? So Claire audience is my strength. And it's funny because um, I always have to say what? Like I'm deaf in real life. <laughs> so for me, I have the skill like Claire audience 
is amazing to me. Uh, I can hear names. I can hear what they're saying. Uh, the other thing would be I sense or feel things. Uh, uh, Claire Cognizant, I know, I know. And then uh, Claire Sentient is the seeing, right? So see, even I'm, I'm clairvoyance. Clairvoyance. See, there you go. Clairvoyance. I still haven't memorized them all. Clairvoyance is where you see things. I will see pictures of things and describe things. Uh, I do not feel yet how people have passed. So I don't know how I feel about that. A lot of mediums say, I'm feeling chest pain. I'm, uh, I really don't want to feel things, but I'm told that it will help open up all my, uh, open up my mediumship abilities. So I don't know what to, to think of that yet. And for me, my clairvoyance is my strongest. I get these amazing images and then my claircognizance is pretty strong as is how I feel things. And a lot of times I'll feel their emotions or they'll tell me, um, through the feeling and the claircognizance, basically how their relationship was with the sitter. We call the person who's come to the medium as the sitter. And so um, in a practice, I wanted to work on my audience, And so I'm bringing in someone's loved one and, and I hear, which was the audience. I heard this little chuckle and then I didn't hear anything more, but I knew what they were saying was, I'm not the right spirit to help you with audience. Sorry, like, ha ha, sorry. And then I went through the practice working on everything but Claire audience. And then at the end, um, she dropped in a Claire audience message. So I got that as well. But again, it goes to spirit has to learn to communicate with the medium and they have their strengths as well. And sometimes there isn't the perfect match. And that's one thing we haven't really shared with everyone. We've been doing our training by Zoom. Yeah, and I've done a few in-person readings with friends and family, but most of our practices are getting into Zoom rooms and having everyone in their little Hollywood square, I like to call it. And everybody's from everywhere and we can, you know, it doesn't matter where you're located. It, we can, we can read energies from all over. So exactly. And, and in time, so and in time, remember you brought, we were in spirit circle, people practicing and, and Jen brought somebody from the 1800s. We're like, nobody can prove any of this. How, how are we supposed to be evidential in proving this stuff? And uh, lo and behold, at the end, one of the, one of the people said, um, well, I can prove everything. I, you know, everything she says resonates with me. I know she's talking about my family. So, and, and, we'll, and isn't that funny? You're not going to get the answers if, if you're practicing, you know, that you're not going to always get the confirmation that you want in the time that you want. So true. So true. I was talking about the family church and I was talking about this service and I was talking about this little girl who I described and it, she said, that's my grandmother. You were talking about my grandmother and you were talking about our family church. So it was fascinating. I do tend to, and I don't know now that I'm like thinking about this and my story about my Victorian ghost that came to visit me maybe one of my gifts is to connect with more historical figures. I don't know. All right. Connect with Abe Lincoln for me, please, on our next practice. <laughs> okay. No, funny you say that because oh, I went to um, Abe Lincoln's historic home in Illinois in March of this year. And when I was in his home, I got certain images of Abe and his wife. And at the time, I didn't know that his wife was what I would call unstable and she used to yell and scream I felt that in the house and wow. I felt as I was walking up the stairs 
um, I got images as I was touching the same railing as he was touching. So I feel that I got some connection with uh, Abe Lincoln. And then afterwards, I read up on his wife, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes sense what I was seeing. And I won't go into all the details and all what I was feeling, but it was fascinating. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I don't know what, see, and this is how the universe works. That name just popped out of my head, and now you have a whole story about it. <laughs> well, right before you said it, I was like, maybe I should talk about my Abe Lincoln. And then you said, like Abe Lincoln. There you go. There you go. It's like the phone call. You know somebody's going to call, and then they call you, right? You're thinking about somebody, and they call you. Exactly. That's and how that's mediumship just... works, right? We're connected. Right. We're, we're all connected. Thing. We just aren't tapped in or have the toolbox, or the tools in our toolbox for that particular type of connection. So now that you've been doing this for a little bit, we're, we both consider ourselves developing mediums. Where are you now compared to where you started? The first class that I taught took in January of 2023 I think it was three meetings it was very short and we just went into group he did a little bit of instruction but mostly it was practicing within groups and I just blurted out anything that I saw and if that was correct or incorrect it was a yes no maybe I mean we tried to make things fit I think there are so many beginner beginners that we tried to make it fit and he said oh I'm seeing um you know I'm seeing a pair of socks well yes I put on a pair of socks today you know you're not making it fit like that well that's not what we're trying to do so now come forward um if I see a pair of socks I would say they're showing me a pair of socks and they're showing me it on a a fireplace mantle so it's not like a Christmas stocking but it's somehow it's some kind of joke that they're playing on us like they they would hang the tiniest sock up on the mantle instead of a big uh Christmas sock it's you know we're in November almost November now and, and so they so for the kids it was challenging because they think these, these are all the things I'm going to get in this little sock for Christmas where's the big stocking so it was some kind of joke so I'm, I'm I've come quite a long way in the in the um, last, I say, what, eight, nine months of how to interpret things, uh, but I'm still practicing. So if I see a sock for one one person and I describe what I'm seeing or sensing and the next person I'm, I see a sock again, I'm like, wait a second, spirit, I just saw the sock for the previous uh, reading and now I'm seeing another sock again. What's going on here? Now I have to ask questions. Why am I seeing a sock? What, what would you like to show me about this sock? Come closer to me so I can sense what you're really trying to show me. Because obviously they're using a sock as part of my symbol library, right? As beginners, we're taught, told about developing our symbol library and things like that. What does a sock mean? Okay, well, in this instance, they're saying they want to keep their feet warm because when she was older, she had poor circulation and she's staying at home and she was homebound and I'm seeing people, uh, I see her in her white fuzzy socks that that helped keep her feet warm. I mean, a totally different uh, perception of how socks are used, but I'm seeing the sock again. And the first thing that comes to my mind, and this is what I'm still working on and doubting myself, uh, but well, I'm getting there, uh, is why am I seeing a sock again? What is up? Can you show me something different? Can you show me the show me her in her little sitting room and show me everything first, not just pop a sock in my brain first, <laughs> you know? So what about you, Jen? How, how far have you come and what, what, tell us some of your experiences. Well, what I'm feeling like I should talk about is when I started. So my first practice was 10 months ago and it was with other medium students. And what'll happen is your loved ones on the other side help 
when you're developing or can help when you're developing. So I had my nephew who passed. He showed me all these things and he showed me himself and he showed me with the spirit that I was connecting with. And then my father-in-law also would help early on and he was an engineer and I was reading someone's engineered loved ones. So they'll show you things that you can use in your memory. People would say symbol, your symbol library. Your symbol library is really your memories. Like, it's not like you have to create hieroglyphics to understand symbol. It's like, what does a red apple mean to you? Oh, it signifies a teacher. That's the kind of symbol that they talk about in mediumship. So going back to my loved ones helping me, like I, especially with the engineer, I was reading this engineer inventor on the other side and my father-in-law was just showing me things of himself, like how he used to have his uh, notepad and his pins in his pocket and his button down shirt. And that's exactly what the guy would do, but I was seeing it on my father-in-law. So they were using my memories to assist. So now I don't have my loved ones helping so much. And where I'm at now, is focusing on um, not pushing the connection and just letting it flow. Because when you're working in front of people, it's like stage fright. You get concerned, oh gosh, like I gotta perform. You know, we're in a very supporting, non-judgmental atmosphere. But you still have your own internal doubts and you wanna always, especially if you're someone who's critical with yourself, like you wanna always have it perfect. So I'm just trying to, at this point, I'm focused on trusting and what I'm getting and just letting it go. Like when I connect with the many generations past, I lean into it and I'm like, spirit wants to share something. And that's what we're there for, to share what they want to express. Very, very interesting. It is interesting. And just this morning I was thinking, I haven't practiced as much because I've been spending time with Julie at developing our podcast. And so I miss my practicing. So I'm going to um, manage my time better and get both in. And now that you said that, I'd like to ask the audience if um, they like this show and us talking about uh, mediumship. Did they like us talking about our own experiences? Did, did you like us talking about what we actually saw or did when we were trying to do a reading? Uh, what are your thoughts? And we'd love to hear them. So please put those in the comments below. Absolutely. Or send us an email and you can find all of our details at AmplifyYourSoul.com. So we would like to leave our podcast today with a message from spirit like we did before with the automatic writing. So we're going to separately ask for guidance and inspiration to respond to the question, what is mediumship? So Juliet, what message did you get? Well, Jen, I have to say, I always laugh when my guides come through because they, they give an answer, but it's not really the answer you wanted to hear. <laughs> so um, I'll go ahead and read it and uh, hopefully you will enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. We say congratulations on this journey to mediumship. What is mediumship, you ask? Well, we ask, what do you think mediumship is? We say this because we want you to understand connecting to the other side is not just mediumship. It is actually opening up your being, your human being, to the other side, which can lead to more than just mediumship. When you connect to the other side, do you realize, do you know or realize you are connecting to your soul, your true nature of who you really are? You are connecting to your higher self, your loved ones, and all that is on the other side. 
Juliet mentioned intention, and we will leave you with this word of grace, meaning we leave you with this word of grace for yourself. Be kind to yourself as you explore this term. We have other terms on the other side. However, for this work you call mediumship, we say the intention of what you want and are trying to do is more important than connecting. Oh, that was amazing. Was that amazing, Bessie? And they give me these messages and I'm like, wait a second, can I just get a clear <laughs> answer to what mediumship is? I think you did. I mean, they threw a question back out there, but you'll see from my message that they're also showing us in real time what it is to have a different perspective. And I'll Perfect. say more after my message. Okay, Perfect. let me. So I asked, what is mediumship? It is the ability to connect with all that is beyond the human experience. Some say the other side but it is not really the other side. It is all that is around you, all that exists that you cannot perceive with your usual human senses. It is the beauty of knowing that we are all connected, that we came from the same spark, the same energy source, and everyone can connect. You just need to try. Call in your angels and spirit guides and ask for help in connecting if that is what you desire to do. You are not alone and are so very loved and cherished. So what I found fascinating when you were telling your message is they use the other side, the other side, the other side. And then in my message, they're like, some call it the other side, which again, is just a perspective. Again, perception, different notes, different takes. Um, I think, you know, we connect with different guides. So we're having different messages come through as well from different perspectives across the other side. Right. So it's interesting. It's interesting how we're all individual, and but yet the same. Exactly. That's what I was going to say that underneath it all is the same sort of messaging and what words are chosen are unique to who we're connecting with and unique to the individual. And so it's, again, going back to one size does not fit all, but it's all amazing in terms of connecting with the other side. And it's like peeking behind the curtain in that what we're trying to show you is there are many different ways. There's different ways of communicating. I just love that our spirit teams are helping illustrate some of our points. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us on yes, our thank second you all. episode. And this is the first episode in our series on mediumship. And our goal is to bring you some awesome practicing mediums and learn from them as well as to do a little mediumship demonstration. So come back and see us soon. Take care.